Hello, welcome to this week's edition of Board Chitless. I'm Lecky, and this week I'm joined by... Sam. Tristan. Dave. I had one job, and that was to pass Dave the microphone, and I failed! Thanks, Lecky. <laughs> <laughs> this week we've been playing Labyrinth and also Grim Slingers. So let's get straight into it. Who, who wants to describe the complexity of Labyrinth? Well, Tristan owns it, so... <laughs> Okay, so we've all played Labyrinth. Um, Dave and I played it again this week. So it's obviously a one to two player game. So uh, we didn't play it tonight. We had, we had a, a mini session a couple of days ago and it represents a tactical recreation of the War on Terror. So it's a lovely, light, family-themed game <laughs> that you can play with all the family and children ages three and up. Uh, no, So this is a tactical game by Volko Runke. He's from the CIA. He will have you killed if you get it wrong. Definitely pronounced correctly. GMT Games. No. Strategy. <laughs> Dave's, Dave's pointing out that it says it's, card It's not a tactical... Strategy. Oh, it's strategy. Yes. Yeah. So you have to have an overarching strategy. I disagree. I, I play very tactically when I play this because from one turn to the next, I have no idea what's going on. It's set in the Middle East immediately after Afghanistan has been taken over by Islamist rule. And the US has to make the decision of to, as to whether or not they want to initiate regime change by bringing in a whole new government and getting rid of the Islamist rule. It starts out, you have to make the choice as the US whether or not you want to go in with the military and just dominate or try and peaceably bring the governance of these Muslim countries up. Like, give them good governance. The wording's a bit strange because you're trying to give them good governance instead you're of You're assuming poor. that democracy is the best way. Yeah, it yeah, and it's, and it's good. It's not good versus evil. It's good versus poor governance. I really like it. I think it's very cleverly integrates what the US is trying to achieve or was trying to achieve. Uh, whether or not you agree with it morally, in principle, or, any, or ethically... Uh, is an entirely different matter, but it's an interesting representation of the political situation in the Middle East uh, over 10 years ago, 15 years ago. So each turn, using card play, the US versus the jihadis are trying to play historical events that happened since 2001, trying to, in the US's case, achieve peace and good governance throughout the Middle East, whereas the jihadis are trying to unseat the... uh, Political parties that are leading their countries. So discord, aren't they? Yeah, Yeah, so terror, basically. Terror plots and and set off bombs and try and increase their funding. And how do we think it achieves it to that end? Well, I think it's it's a pretty good simulation. Like You are faced with that decision at the beginning. Do you put boots on the ground in Afghanistan? Because that's where the Islamist rule starts. Um, And you've kind of got no choice. You can't really let Islamist rule in in the game sort of spread. If yeah. you're going to lose if you do that that's how the jihadis win um, so you need to go in and then you sort of get stuck because you want to get your troops out there's loads of mechanics that just sort of prevent you from doing things before you you do things first I think where it sort of falls we, we sort of had this discussion already but where it sort of falls flat is with the dice rolls right. because you can spend plenty of time rolling the wrong numbers and you just get nowhere you, you just can't you can't do it and it doesn't matter what you do if you keep rolling ones or whatever and this is for both sides, I guess. But if you keep doing that, you're just not going to get anywhere. It doesn't seem like it's that sort of game. Do you know what I mean? Because it is quite a sort of thoughtful representation of the, the war on terror. But then it, when it boils down to a dice roll, it's a little bit frustrating. Yeah, there's the option to play the cards for their ops value and try and initiate. From the US point of view, it's a war of ideas. So you're trying to win people over. Either try and win over the European allies to have the same posture 
against the war on terror. So I'm trying to make them hard on terror if you're trying to initiate regime change and sending in troops. Or if you've reached the point in the game where you've pulled out of the regime change situation in Afghanistan and you're trying to sort of go soft on terror and win people over that way, you're always trying to have this war of ideas. And it very much feels as the US that it's really difficult to get people on side and to win that war of ideas. And from the jihadist point of view, every time you're trying to send your operatives into the US or into Europe or into all these countries, you're losing them left, right and centre because they're getting wiped out from dice rolls. So there is quite a lot of dice rolls if you use them for ops value, but every card can also be played for events. So what do we think about the um, the card play in terms of playing it for events and triggering jihadi death squads or... <laughs> It was quite a while ago when I played this game with you, Tristan, but I remember the events work really well. And because they're based on, like, real people and real events, then it does make you really think about what you're going to do. And it does kind of, you do get this, like, heavy feeling of consciousness. <laughs> you know, you do kind of feel quite morally good or bad, depending on what Ethically you're trying to dubious. do. Definitely. Um, it's a very interesting system. How did you get on with that, Sam? Did you play this one game? Yeah, yeah. I've played this a few times. Uh have you played from both sides, jihadis and US? I think so, yeah. I think we've had about four games, yeah. maybe. But I think, going back to the point about dice, I think that that, do- that frustration you're feeling is quite thematic in itself with what these political parties are going through, trying to push their policies upon other other governments and other ideals and conflicting with them. In real life, you're going to have to try again and try again and keep trying again, even though it as a mechanic it can be quite frustrating it is a thematic mechanic or a representation of sort of real life so i think it's it's quite good for that and the events how they on the cards how how they can be specific to a certain setup as well whether a country is controlled by one side or the other or if it's influenced some of the cards can be played at certain times i think that's quite you know quite a cool feature as well but yeah with regards to the moral dilemmas you face as the jihadis then going in and bombing a marketplace or whatever it is, you know, whatever event cards you got. As part of the game, it works well and you achieves your objectives, but as a non-terrorist, for want of a better term, <laughs> I don't really like the, the idea of going in and bombing a marketplace full of innocent people. So you do you do face this, and it is a pretty good representation of, you know, what was going on at the time, but obviously we're going to be biased towards one side by the very nature of we're on one side of this. I mean, I think that, I think it works both ways, though. I mean... In our last game, me and Tristan, I was basically just invading every country where the jihadis were congregating. There was at least three regime changes yeah. in a couple of turns. <laughs> America was just was just going all out, and, and not even. I mean, where was it? It was like Somalia and yeah. places like that. They were just putting men on the ground and and doing the thing. Did you sort of feel that? Because you Absolutely. played as well, as well, haven't you? In the most recent game, I was the jihadis versus uh, Dave's US, and um, every time I tried to establish a foothold in what felt like. Uh, distant places where he had no control and I was like swarming and, and spawning all these terrorists into like you say Somalia and uh, around that sort of area and flipping it to Islamist rule and I was like yes I'm making some serious headway now so the objective for the jihadis is trying to sort of accumulate all these resources and I was starting to build my own little Islamist empire and um, and then Dave would just come, like I said... America's got helicopters. Just storm in with, like, all of his troops and just flatten the area. And uh, so it was a real war of attrition, which, actually, I've played this a few times, but I've never played it like we did. It was almost like a war game at that point, whereas usually it's sort of very tactical, political manoeuvring and stuff. Um, last time I played with 
Sam and, and Lecky, it's been so, sort of more of a back and forth on political events and things like that. Whereas with Dave, it was more, more like an all-out war. That's, that's just you all over, Dave. <laughs> well, <laughs> there, there is a card in the game, I think, called Quagmire, yeah. uh, which uh, it's, it's not a Family Guy reference, It's just, it, it, but it accurately summarises how you feel sometimes from both sides of the table. As soon as you think you're making headway, um, someone will play a card down and just absolutely bone your plans. But I love that back and forth because essentially when it comes, when it boils down to it, it looks like a hugely complex game with chits everywhere, uh, a complicated and detailed map of the Middle Eastern region. But it is actually take it in turns to play two cards and all you're doing ever is playing two cards and you're either playing the event on it or you're playing the ops value to do like a, a disrupt action, which is take out a few terrorists if you're US or set off a plot if you're jihadi but it is just basically play a couple of cards and it gives you this overall feeling of huge sort of political upheaval and military terrorist strife but from this quite elegant and simple mechanic i think the dice rolls work quite well i know they're frustrating especially if they go against you but i think like sam was saying it does reinforce that theme of slowly and steadily trying to make your way and trying to make progress either from either side of the table I think uh, it. I do think it hindered the fun though towards the end because we ended up. <laughs> fun. With, with, it's not fun. It's not for fun. <laughs> well, we ended up with with no winner, uh, did we? It was. I won default. Was it? Was Jihad it a victory win? by default? Yeah. Well, that's probably why I'm uh, taking <laughs> this stance. Neither of us had any resources. <laughs> there was, so, yeah, uh, there was nothing. So, um, but it, but those last few turns, it was literally because we could see the end of the game coming up. Yeah. And we were literally just trying to get what we could. But what that amounted to was dice rolls, and the dice were just. For, for for like a three four turns, it was just not happening. There's nothing worse than a game when the dice are against you. Really, it can really just mess up your evening. And it's usually me. I'm, the, the amount of ones I was rolling. People say, "Oh, I'm dead unlucky at dice." I genuinely feel like I am. I think you might have been at that point putting too much truck in the actions that require dice rolling. Then, and you need to look at other avenues. But they, they all required dice rolls. I didn't have any events. Um, all my events were would you had the events because the way the, the way the car system works is the cleverest part. And it's sort of it's the same as Twilight Struggle. So if you've got a card in your hand, it'll either have a jihadi event, a neutral event, or a American event. And if you're the Americans and you play a jihadi event for its ops value, that event triggers you, and you will have to play it. Yeah. There's there's, there's a few ways out of it, but you're pretty much going to have to play jihadi events when you're the Americans. Yeah, you absolutely and and uh, and the other way around. Both of you, the US and the jihadis, have a way of sort of um, mulliganing one card a turn. But if you draw a handful of jihadi events in your US or vice versa, you're going to repeatedly get screwed on those. So it is about when you play them and how you play them and trying to make sure that they don't trigger if, if, if possible. But it's tricky. <laughs> but I do think the theme isn't light. It is heavy, like Sam was saying, but it's one of my favourite games. I love it. And uh, uh, the only version we played we should probably add is the one deck version, which actually, once the game starts going, um, when it's getting towards the end of the game, it comes quite quickly. And all of a sudden you run out of cards and it's game over. Whereas you can play the two deck or God forbid three deck version where you actually shuffle through the uh, the whole deck and go again. And you'll remove certain cards from the game, certain political events that can't happen again. But I would like to try that sometime. We'd just need a whole 12 hour session. Or I think I think through. most time for us, for in, in our, the games we played anyway, has been remembering how to play it. Yeah, yeah and remember definitely. the strategy. So we've taken a long time at the beginning. There's a lot of mechanics to keep on top of. And like, like you were saying, it's a heavy game that feels heavy because of both the theme, but also the weight of all the rules. But it does it does keep it exciting from one moment to the next. You don't really know if you're going to get the upper hand by the end of your turn. I I do rate it as a game, but it's not one that I'm really going to seek out because it's just it's probably just too much game for me. 
I, f- I feel I prefer something lighter, something more merchant to me roadery. <laughs> you can just kind of have a bit more light fun, really. Unfortunately, one of us forgot to pack batteries. So in the interest of expediency and getting all of the podcast recorded, we're probably going to have to move on to the second game that we played. But first, before we do that, just to quickly summarise, is this a yay or a nay for uh, people purchasing? Would you recommend this game? For a two-player game, yes. For a big group, no. By the nature of it being one to two players. I love it. It's meaty. It's great fun quite quite deep and thematic for people who like heavy games yeah um i like heavy games i love war games i'm uh probably the sort of war gamer of the group I, and i do like it um the dice rolls it's just seemed like a bit of a a bit of a cop-out sort of thing i think i think they could have made it more interesting but um yeah it works it's really good and it, it's it is an, an accurate simulation and i learned a lot from playing it like things you know you can sort of see the points of view that are sort of place in the conflict and, and still continue to it's a definite <laughs> no from you isn't it tristan you really don't like this game i would say uh, for it's very niche and um i, I think we should also quickly mention the oh, uh, my joke bombed <laughs> <laughs> some fell on stony ground <laughs> i thought tristan enjoyed this more <laughs> do do better next time <laughs> it's uh, I, I wanted to mention the solo play um just quickly because oh, there do. are extremely complex bots that you can play against. We don't have the expansion, but even in the, the basic game, you can play as the US versus jihadis. And the solo play is almost like another game again. Uh, the bot is really brilliantly detailed and simulates a, a very sort of complex opponent that you're playing against. I've only had a, a chance to play it a couple of times. And like I think Dave mentioned earlier, when I get it out to play it again, I've forgotten all the rules and it almost takes too long to learn it again. But if you do invest the time in it and you are in, interested in... The conflict, the history, and the setting, and you like deep games, it's almost unmatched in that respect, I think. And as a two-player game, I love it, and I would spend a lot more time with it if I could, but we do have Twilight Struggle, and we've not played that yet, so we need to break that out next time. But yeah, it's a huge recommendation for me, but you have to really buy into the theme, and if that's a turn-off for anybody, you know, walk away. And certainly if you don't want the, the heavy mechanics. Yeah, that's that's a whole other conversation, isn't it, the theme? Yeah. Nice tie-in, though, with the bots and the previous conversations with Morton from last week as well. <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> yeah, I'll be interested to see what Morton way. thinks of this. <laughs> yeah. Moving on to the second game we played this evening... Grimslingers. So this is a Weird West standoff adventure. Everybody plays a witch who you've either just been abducted or resurrected as some sort of like weird mutant zombie. Being granted magical powers by the Iron Witch who... You were a tree, Lucky. I was a tree, basically, <laughs> but not an end. It was quite a bit of a foxy, weird tree zombie man. Girl. Thing it was strange. Um, I feel very confused after playing it. Um, but yeah, the, this Iron Witch fe- um, fellow or character wants to resurrect everyone just to see them fight to the death and see how people react to magical powers. Really, um, you've given about eight or well, probably six basic spells and given to special spells that mix it up, as well as a character trait. And then you have a item deck that you can pick from. Each round, every player picks a spell to play against another player, or picks an item, or um, does both, and the last man standing wins, really. I thought it was quite a good game, although for a sort of quick take-that-card-draw, it seemed to drag a little bit. What does everyone else think? First game, I I was a bit bitter, because I did sit out for about half an hour, 
But that was down to our Player elimination. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like the super miss a turn mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to the nth degree. That was emphasized by the fact that we didn't know the game. We were still learning. So we were a lot slower at playing. So normally that probably would have only been about five minutes. Uh, I, I think I learned the game pretty quickly. I bossed it. I, I won that first round. You cheated massively, yes. Mm. Oh, yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think I won the first round, didn't I? Yes. Yes, you did, Dave. Oh. <laughs> was that... Was <laughs> I enjoy it. I like... There's two different ways of playing it. You can choose one target each round or the quick draw mode of choosing three targets. So you just target everyone each round. They both play quite differently, but the quick draw mode completely removed that player elimination and... That's the way we played the second game. It was a lot faster. And by the time one person was out, the game was almost over within like a couple of rounds from that. So it sort of evened everything out a lot. It didn't, it didn't remove the player elimination so much as speed it up. Yeah, you weren't eliminated for as long. Yeah, we, uh, we only happened upon the um, competitive mode tonight. So from the looks of it, I mean, we barely scratched the surface because there's like two or three whole decks of cards that we didn't even touch, which uh, offer a co-op or solo campaign leveling up adventure game uh, with like creatures and all kinds of stuff. So we should probably definitely test that out before we give a full and final opinion. But in terms of the actual competitive mode that we played, it's two to six players, as you say, it's a standoff in the old West with magic and guns and all that kind of stuff. And it plays, I would say pretty quickly, once you know what you're doing, it, a lot of that fell on me in taking ages to explain it to you all. And having only learned it today, it was a little faltering start, but I think there's a lot to, liking it and there's a lot of variability in player powers various archetypes i think that each player can have some seem more powerful than others until you play it a few times and realize that maybe they're not the alternate spells that you can get dealt at the start and the items there's loads of really fun crazy weird items like sheep that you can hide behind worm feces i'm kind of glad we didn't come across those i don't know what they are um my my prosthetic pistol prosthetic pistol dual pistols uh dynamite all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I, I wasn't massively sold on the, the competitive game, but I think there is enough there. I would definitely be interested in the co-op to see what... And the solo. And the, uh, is it solo? Yeah, it's sure, one, one yeah. to four, yeah. Yeah, um, probably steal it from Tristan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, yeah, it was... The, the first game we played when we were... Sort of, we were only playing one car per turn and choosing one target per turn. So it was people just sort of who ganging up on people, basically. And that's why Sam was out yeah. for so long. Yeah. And there's also quite a bit of bluffing as well. Like, um, you know, I'm, are you going to play with like a protection spell? Are you going to have an offensive spell against someone? What are they going to do? There's a really interesting mechanic where different spells take longer to kind of set off than others. So you can kind of get in before someone else attacks you. And that might kind of disrupt their um, shielding or blocking spell which I thought was quite interesting. It feels a bit like um, if you were going to kind of graduate from a really simple game like Love Letter and you wanted to kind of take it to the next level, then this would be an ideal game in the competitive scenario. Just a bit keeps you guessing, but at the same time, there's enough stuff flying around at everyone to bodies falling all over the shop, really. And you can take mushrooms to shoot faster. You can. There's a lot of fun to be had with the theme, and um, you can get sort of magical bows, mystical mana-related objects. And the artwork is amazing. They've never seen, like, I've not seen for a while a game where the artwork's so consistent and so lovely. I was definitely sold on the artwork. I mean, that's probably the reason I ended up buying it. I have to say, I was a little disappointed that there's not actually that much of it. Uh, the character cards have amazing, unique artwork. 
Um, there's a lot of dupes, isn't there? There's a lot of duplicates. There's a lot of uh, symbols and stuff, and a lot of the card decks are taken up with uh, symbols rather than art. But, you know, that's to be understood. And it's a, it's a cheap game, I and mean, this was 27 quid for what looks like a lot of content. Hundreds of cards. I also, before I forget, I think we need to give a shout out to Giles Pound, who is, the, I think, the one who re- recommended it to us. But yeah, the, the theme, I think, comes across really nicely in, in the gameplay. And uh, one of the favourite elements of it is the elemental clash. If you play a card against somebody else who's got who's attacking you and you're attacking them. That you was have the like best a... bit of the game, wasn't it, for competitive? Yeah. Well, we could have just played Blackjack. <laughs> like, I mean, it, it, is a, it is a good part of the game, don't get me wrong. And I think mechanically, I think... The, the various elements, the elemental clash, the the point in in the round in which everything triggers on a certain number. So you play a faster spell, it goes off sooner. I feel like the competitive game, it just seems like all oh, that stuff's a little bit wasted because it's over too quick. Like the the way that we we did it, where Sam was out, well Sam was out then he didn't he didn't get to play, so that's not good. And then when we played it the other way, where everybody gets hit by everybody every turn, you not as much choice. Like, because everyone's getting hit and the amounts of damage don't vary that much. So by the end, everyone's nearly dead. And then you'll just sort of, it's almost luck who dies. So it's it's really Pick, light. flesh off the bones. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so I, I think, and I would really like to see those mechanics better utilized in the co-op version. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we, we're just scratching the surface really with the co-op. And with the competitive, sorry. There's a lot of content in there and you can see how a lot of the cards will just help your teammates there's a lot of effects where it was play the card hurt somebody but then maybe if someone's kind to you you can give them some ep so some energy points back to go towards their spells and obviously just ignore that quite a lot so it'll be cool to get some really cool combos where we kind of killing monsters and making each other more powerful whilst doing it just to clarify that we we did just play the competitive mode but it isn't just a co-op mode there is also the team mode Mm. So with not, not for our group. <laughs> <laughs> with two with two teams of two though, or two teams of three, I think that'll just be really boring. Obviously, we've not, <laughs> we didn't do it, but you're just reducing the people that you can attack. With three teams of two though, I think that could be amazing. Uh, possibly, I, I think. Although there is the option for team games, I think it would really lend itself towards player elimination being a big issue and king making because potentially you've got two people targeting one on the opposite team every yeah. turn to get rid of them. Well, that's what you do, right? Why well, do anything exactly. else? Yeah. Well, exactly. And then that person's got to sit out indefinitely yeah. for someone wanting to enjoy playing games. I think that's going to detract from that. But that will be happening on the other team as well. And you'd be playing yeah, to yeah. counter that. I'd, I'd like to give it a go. I think it would be interesting. Before we abandon the competitive oh, play no. altogether. Yeah. I think I think it'll be worthwhile. What I'd, I think with this game, one of the things that I do like about it is the fact that it's not an overly simplistic game. But you can just immediately say, yeah, but then introduce quick draw. So quick draw is a variation where you attack more than one person at a time, but you all agree how many people you're going to attack. So you just say, if every player is less than three health, you just go mentally, you just attack everyone with whatever you've got because you're desperate and you're near, like, you know, you're weakened. And you can introduce homebrew rules like that into it if you wanted in a snap. And if it doesn't work, just get rid of it. It's very sort of straightforward a game. You don't have to keep rebalancing it. You know, just, just a thought. <laughs> go on there Dave what's your summary opinion um, well yeah good yeah I like all the individual mechanics the 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 way that elements elements work against each other uh, absolutely the, elemental elemental <laughs> so the way that the elementals work against each other I like the way you do the the, the game of blackjack 
Um, when yeah. if if the if elements do clash, no, it's not if elements clashes. It's if they don't clash because if elements clash, yeah. one wins. Is if two oh, players go against each other, both target each other, it's mm. the same but speed, the elements don't it? clash. If I go at you with ice and you come at me with lightning, they're not going to clash at all. It, mm. It's still called an elemental clash. Confusingly, it's just oh, the yeah. fact that you're casting the terminology. Each other. Conf- yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then you have a face-off is what you guys are talking about, yeah, yeah. where you actually go down to the join the cards to see, yeah, mm. like double down on the blackjack or whatever and it was it was really funny because whenever the face-off happened the most interesting part of the game seemed to be who can get to the deck quick enough to actually draw them for the other players <laughs> <laughs> and it was like oh i can be like i've got no skin in this game but i can <laughs> going on from that like the way that if you played fire and i played water it would just completely negate your spells there's a lot of uh playoff between the different elements so your lightning will beat your water which will beat your fire which is beaten by ice so Everything is beaten by something and beats something else. So there is that, that good chance of that happening, which means that my spell takes effect and yours is completely null and void. But then I don't I don't think it's... It's not that high a chance because there's four players, so you've got three targets. I and think you've in a got t- a combination of and a combination. six different elements as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah, so there's a lot. But in a two-player game, I think you'd see that more often. And maybe it would be better as a two-player game because it's going to be quick, snappy sort of thing I think four yeah. way you, you're sort of watching everybody's health and trying to bring everybody down ready for a kill kill hit it's it's a little bit like Formula 1 isn't it it's like sometimes whoever has the most strategic pit stop can win here it's whoever has the most strategic block and enough energy points to kind of you know pay for that in the right time could win it but then again you pick up a rusty saber and you just take three points off somebody dead quickly um, there's enough there's enough in the item deck to keep the game interesting the first game we didn't really draw too many items second game it's all we did and the second game just seemed a lot more exciting, especially for Sam, who was actually playing in it. Well, that's that's because my first move I unleashed and managed to discard my entire hand. Yeah, you and, and everybody else attacking everyone in one go yeah. with his rainbow. Was, rainbow attack. It was, it was impressive awesome. move. But it drained all of our hands pretty much, didn't it, for the next round? So you just managed to have a free pop out of one again. <laughs> exactly. When I drew my uh, drew an item with the uh, dual Colts, yeah, just started shooting off. <laughs> And we decided the Revenant needed um, targeting. I think it was Tristan in the first game, and, yeah. and we just went for him. In the second game, you didn't really get as much choice because we, we did the quick draw rules. Yeah. So everyone was getting hit. So Lecky was getting hit by everybody anyway. That's it. And a lot of my EP got drained in the first. So with the Revenant, um, you basically bring yourself back to life by spending energy points and swapping them for hit points if you get killed. But the problem with that was that Sam drained most of my energy points when he went off like a 4th of July display. <laughs> Which left me in a very difficult predicament of not being able to resurrect myself early. So, um, But I, it did you feel balanced though, those little extra habits? I never used mine. I was the, I was the I, I demon didn't. and the vampire. I never used either character's ability. Maybe I played wrong. So, some of them didn't seem to have as great an advantage like the first one that I had I can't remember the name of it but essentially if you passed you spent two health points to pass but then nothing affected you that was your demon the demon yeah, yeah. yeah. and you can see the value in it but you'd just much rather just play spells you'd and mo- hurt people I, I, I saw the same one and I'd much rather just have the two health yeah you yeah. delay you delaying the inevitable sort of if, if, if it, even in a two player game they're probably only going to have a two damage spell that's going to hit you so you you Kind of giving him a free hit. Especially when it was still taking the damage, just not the FX. I would say it's a fast game that we spent quite a lot of time on. Uh, we, we started late and we finished early tonight. And yeah. there was a big learning curve trying to get the rules ingested at the start. We learned it in a round, didn't we, of actual play? Yeah, it was. I think it was a, it was a slow round and it did involve uh, Sam getting taken out early. 
Um, but I do think once you've got this down, it is probably, yeah, I mean, it says here yeah. 15 to 30 minutes for the competitive game. Yeah. So it really would be a case of just firing through a few rounds yeah. of, of combat. So I, I'd like to give it another go and let the rule now that the rules are bedded in. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of a steep learning curve for what should be a short playing yeah. game, I think. I'm really excited to give the co-op play a go and see how that compares. Interesting game, cool theme, nice art, different enough, and it's probably one to either start the night or finish the night on if you've got time to sort of squeeze it in before before the big meaty game. I quite like the IP on it. I like it's its own thing, but I quite like the story behind it. There's just a, a brief bit of information on it about the Iron Witch and you've all been brought back from God knows where. You don't know really know where you're from or anything. And I think it, it does open itself up to further games on along the same IP, which could be a bit meaty, a bit better maybe. Feels very Dark Tower, which I uh, appreciate. Um, but I think I'd probably skip the competitive game. I feel like I've probably seen it, and I'd rather play Race for the Galaxy. Let's <laughs> let's let's do let's do the co-op. That looks really interesting. Yeah, the co-op. The co-op does look good. And now that we've played that competitive game, I don't want to jinx it, but hopefully the co-op will be a bit easier to learn. There's more mechanics. There's more things to add into it. But if the combat against you know NPCs works in a similar fashion, then we've got that bit nailed. We just need to cap you know work out what the hell the rest of it. Almost certainly not going to live up to expectations. At this point, <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably not. Does it need an expansion, Dave? Um, yeah, <laughs> because it Good is point a game. Well made. <laughs> you, you, can, you can see where expansions would slip into it. The expansions would just be more spells, more items, weren't they? Really? Well, the way the way I you explained it, Tristan, it's like an adventure, isn't it? The co-op. So you go through a story and you play around on a map. So I guess expansions. That's prime expansion territory isn't it yeah i believe yeah. that that was the kickstarter this year is a whole new set of expansion content and the item deck for example that we had was i think 40 cards and there's another 40 cards yeah. that you only use on, on co-op mode which we didn't even see tonight and creatures that you have to fight bandits uh chupacabra that guy uh, and uh, <laughs> probably said that wrong. And, um, was it just a capybara? It was. I think it was a chicken. <laughs> you could buy a chicken. So there's loads of other stuff in there that we've we've not looked at yet, which I'd, I'd like to see. So we'll try and get that bedded in for next time, and, and maybe chin some of that at the start of the night. Excellent. So um, half a look at Grimslingers there. All in all, quite a decent week of gaming, really. Thanks very much to Giles for um, recommending this game to us. We've had quite quite a good time with it. It'll be good. I just can't wait to get back on the get on the co-op, really, to see what that's all about. Thanks very much for joining us this week. Remember to like or subscribe or leave a little review on iTunes for us. We'll be back next week with another guest interview and some more games. Thanks very much for joining us and goodbye. Goodbye.